Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Thank you all for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you like what you listen to, go ahead and subscribe on those different platforms. And of course, if you're listening on Spotify, Go ahead and give a five-star rating. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you're on Apple Podcast, you can actually rate and review it there. So I'd greatly appreciate both if you like. On this episode, we have Jessica Kernhuff coming through. We are going to talk about, of course, her career, the multiple, multiple things that she is doing and the great effect she is having on communities, as well as being the wife of a college football head coach. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. But first, like always, I got to get something off my chest. Now, if you're watching a lot of the preseason games, you know, some people are watching them. Some people are just, you know, complaining about them. It's evident by all the, the different talk of, we don't need this many preseason games. This is a waste of time. It's bad football. It's this, it's this, it's this. Now, while I completely understand that it is not the greatest football being played, in fact, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably won't be making teams. However, it is an evaluation period. So many things that you can get from a practice you know, you can get different things from a practice when you're going against guys that you know and you see them over and over again in practice. But what a preseason game does is put you against people that you don't know, put you in situations that you haven't been in in practice. So that way, coaches can really evaluate you. In practice, you can't do that. You can try, but it's not a game situation or a game simulation it, it People can try, teams can try, but unfortunately it's not really a game type situation or a real game situation. So while everyone's out there mad about this game or man, the preseason, man, the preseason, I can't stand the preseason. I don't like it. It's horrible. I don't know what it's doing. It's, why do we need it? Just understand that this is very important. For two reasons. One reason, a guy that's probably not been thought about couldn't make the 53-man roster or a practice squad to eventually help a team in the the end. And just like I mentioned, it's not about the top 22 that are on the field. It's about the depth you can develop because people will get hurt in NFL. It happens every single year. And if you maybe have not evaluated your depth very well, then you could be in trouble out there. So think about those two things when you're talking about or thinking about preseason and putting all these quotes out there about the preseason. Man, it's a waste. It's a waste. It's horrible. It's this, that, and the other. 
Think about those things when players get hurt on your team or when depth has to be tested. I mean, give you a prime example. The Tennessee Titans used 91 players, an NFL record last year. Still were the number one team in the AFC going into the playoffs at 12-5 and five record. Yes, they lost Derrick Henry, too, in, in those players, and which, of course, he's arguably the best running back in the NFL. Best to me, but, you know, arguably for, for, others, for others. But they still kept going. They still made things happen, and they still were 12-5. and five. And that's a, uh, a compliment to their staff and their evaluation people for bringing in people and having people on hand that can continue to basically do, run their system and run it to a T. And that doesn't happen everywhere. So just giving you one example. So while you're riding out on the, on the preseason, understand it definitely does something to help your team down the line. That's my get it off your chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it'll be me and Jessica Curran Huff talking on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to. Well, let me tell you about peace of mind counseling and life coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. And of course, not always do I talk about the AFC South. I do have to bring on people that I think are very, very interesting, very, very talented, and just overall are excellent people. And my next guest is definitely an excellent person who is just wears many hats and is I am I've been blessed to actually cover and I am blessed to actually know this Jessica Kern. Uh, what's going on? What's up, family? It's so good to see you. <laughs> good to see you as well. Now, of course, I have to ask because I, I look and I see on social media and you, you're doing this, this, and that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we have to work. We do foundation, basketball coach, different levels. I mean, you're a, a mom to two boys. I mean, the wife, the wife of a head coach in football. I mean, what is it that you do not do? And how do you find the time? Listen, the stuff that y'all don't see is my like absolute favorite thing that I don't mention is doing construction. <laughs> um, that's that's the fun part. I get to tear stuff down and build stuff up and get some stress out. So um, I've got the same 24 hours as everybody else. Um, 
And you know what, when, and you know this, I mean, cause you were right there by my side, you know, when I chose to leave collegiate coaching, I knew I had to be able to live the life that I wanted um, on my terms. And uh, that's where we're at right now. We're living it on my terms. And so I balance it when I can balance it. Um, and the way I do that is creating very strict boundaries. You know, if I can't, I can't. And I'm okay with saying I can't. Um, a while ago, I was not. I wanted to, you know, satisfy everyone and do everything and all things all the time. Can't happen. So right now I'm working smarter and not harder. And I'm able to cover more ground with defined boundaries. Definitely an interesting uh, pair of words, defined boundaries. But uh, of course, we didn't, I didn't want to jump all the way to the story now. We have to go back just a little bit okay. where it all started. How did you get introduced to athletics growing up? <laughs> oh my God. So um, I tell my son, I think this is going to be him too. I, you know, I got a lot of energy now. So as a kid, I, I couldn't sit still like ever. <laughs> and so my dad, um, he was the founder of the Milwaukee Striders Track Club him and Joe Sims in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it started with track. Uh, you know, I was a bantam, which is starts at age five. And uh, I ran anything from the one, the two, the four by one, the mile relay, long jump. I mean, whatever my dad threw me and I did. And that was my introduction to athletics. But I do think I got it honestly through osmosis. Uh, my dad was a over a 30 year basketball and track and field coach. My aunt uh, was an athletic director. And so when you're around it, that's all you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, my dad was a actual basketball player and played junior college. And my mom was ran track and she played basketball until something happened and she didn't play, which I'm pretty sure she doesn't want me to mention that story and I won't. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I definitely got it the, the same way uh there. But uh, of course, you know, the athletics and you know that career lasted for a while. But of course, you know, you transitioned to coaching. So kind of how was that transition from playing and being active as a player to coaching? How did that kind of formulate and go? Well, I think you get to the point, you know, um, you know, my bio, you know, didn't play college basketball, played professional basketball. Um, and I wasn't always the most uh, talented, um, but I did outwork people. And when I realized that I sort of kind of saw the game from a different light, like I really enjoyed X and O's, I really enjoyed scheming, I enjoyed execution. It was really easy to take the step over to coaching. Um, my first coaching job was with my dad at his high school as his JV coach. I was the worst JV coach on the planet. I didn't have any patience. I didn't understand why kids didn't know things. I was never on time. Like it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. I broke my dad's clipboard. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, shout out to all my educators because we're in back to school. Um, coaching is teaching. And the, the biggest connection for me was um, I wanted to teach life and I love sports. And they sort of kind of went hand in hand. So when I was done playing, um, I ended up being like a player coach. So I was getting dual paid my last couple of years to coach and play. And I knew it was time to make the transition. So um, you see me. I mean, I'll coach BJ's eighth grade, eight-year-old eight to 10-year-old basketball team. I'll coach baseball games. I just like being out there because um, everybody's got their why. And mine 
is sports. Like I just love how it ignites something in kids. And I think it allows them to see uh, maybe beyond what they're surrounded by. And that's what sports did for me. Now, of course, you know, the coaching and your why being, you know, the coaching involved there. But I've got to also talk about the motivational speeches because I see these on social media all the time. And I'm like, you know, she's got people ready to run through a brick wall for her. With but you've speeches. been there for this. You know this is not new. <laughs> right, right. I know it's not new, but, you know, I've got to ask, when did that kind of part of you evolve? Um, I was a good teammate. I can pride myself in saying I was a really good teammate. Like, um, if we were down in my mind, I never thought that we could lose. Um, you know, I was a cornball, I guess you could say in college, I didn't make a lot of bad decisions, but I considered myself a really good teammate, you know, so I might've missed out on the typical college things that a college student should have done. Um, but I came from, listen, if somebody's going to give you this much money to go to school, uh, you got to get her done. You know, and so um, that's where that part came from. Believe it or not, I was a really, really, really shy young girl. Um, again, that's what athletic. Nah. Oh my god! In <laughs> a color, I was beige. I mean, I would blend into the background because you gotta understand, like my high school team, everybody literally went SEC and Big Ten. I mean, they were signing like huge scholarships as sophomores, and I was this track girl who happened to play basketball. So it was just a lot of. Uh, loud and proud individuals on my high school team were the winningest program in the state of Wisconsin. So I was a role player and, and I had learned to start, you know, dimming my light, muting my voice, knowing what I was saying, but there were other people that were scoring 30 points a game and it wasn't me. And so I got really tired at a certain age of being like, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm, it's not cool that people aren't listening to me. So it went hand in hand. If you perfected your craft as an athlete, um, you won. And when you won, you got to the mic. And when you got to the mic, you needed to know what to say. And then I realized like, yo, life sort of sucks. <laughs> like it sort of sucks. Like there are just a lot of days where you don't want to get out the bed, can't pay the bills, don't understand things. People have treated you crappy. Well, that's the cool part about athletics. Like you get to keep pushing the reset button. So that sort of kind of came my thing, like making opportunities for people where there may not have been opportunity. And I realized that that wasn't normal, but I wasn't finding a lot of female motivational speakers. So if you Google, you're still not finding a lot. You find people in ministry, you find people in administration, but you're not seeing a lot of female motivational speakers. And I was like, listen, I do this naturally. And then I started meeting people who were like, why don't you brand this? Like, this is a thing. And it worked out. So I took from the locker room, life experiences. And then when you throw mommyhood in there, it gets real. And we just want to have a real conversation. Right, right. Now, <clears throat> I have watched some of the most recent speeches. And of course, they've been talking about more about recruiting and things like that. So how did you kind of go down that path of talking about more of the recruiting and things of that nature? So when I was on the collegiate side, I would get so many kids who we were ready to sign, uh, ready to rock and roll, and they hadn't even started the process. Like, no paperwork. Um, for example, kid, there was a lot of kids out of state of New York. State of New York is um, notorious for closing schools, opening schools, closing schools. Could not get a transcript. Like, couldn't go to the school board. 
couldn't get a transcript for a school that was closed. And I was realizing we got so many stellar athletes out here who have no idea like how to even start the process. And so then when I came more on the amateur side, I was like, well, this information should be free. Like you shouldn't have to go places and pay for it. No, I'm going to tell you what college coaches are thinking because there's a misconception out here. If I can just put the ball in the hole, if I'm bigger, faster and stronger, like I'm gonna go to college, you know, it matters that you go to class. It matters that you're a nice person. Yeah, that sort of kind of matters. And we're seeing more and more in that. Don't let me go on my soapbox because I will with <laughs> amateur and professional athletics, a lot more money, a lot more problems, like a lot more amplified, a lot more social media. So like being a nice person really matters. And then this last one, um, AAU coaches that I used to still deal and still deal with to this day um, because I'm, I'm getting a lot of AAU kids that are now coming to my program. And they're like, these kids don't know how to talk to coaches. Like text message is not enough. Being able to pick up the phone, have a conversation, know what questions to ask other than do we get cost of attendance, um, NIL deals, uh, how much money am I going to get on my refund? Conversations have to go beyond that. And then what happens is you can't talk to your college coach in the recruiting process. Then you don't talk on the court. Then we go into the transfer portal. Hello. Like it all takes care of itself. So I'm like, we need to hit this when they're young. And I want parents and coaches to know, um, especially coaches transitioning from playing to becoming a coach. You got to educate your kids early. It makes the college experience that much easier. So really relationships, you and I, this is a relationship. We were very intentional about being relational. Um, I don't know what game you want to talk about. We want to talk about Arkansas. We want to talk about at the crib. We want to talk about like, how many games afterwards you were like, do you, are you ready? And I'm like, I am not ready to talk, but let's do it. Um, because it has to get out there. The, the message has to get out there. So um, that's how that started. I just want to have conversations with people that change their life. Um, conversations you and I have had on and off the mic changed my life, whether I admitted it at the moment or did it? It changed my life. Oh, wow. I feel kind of uh, blessed by now, right now. But, uh, <laughs> in that media room and it was just you and I and nobody else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All the memories are kind of flooding back. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell... I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image. And you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silvers Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silvers Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality you can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silvers Photography. Or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silvers Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did. And he's got me looking great. But yeah. uh, I, I have to uh, mention now that, of course, you are the wife of a college football head coach. Now, 
Did you ever see that kind of coming one? And how is that experience going? I was married to my work. Um, never in a million years did I think, number one, I would be married. Let me say that. Um, and number two, that there would be anybody on this planet that could get me to be quiet. And both of those <laughs> things help me. Um, <laughs> when they say you marry like your total opposite, um, it feels really good to be able to be yourself. That feels really good. And then to watch your colleague uh, sort of kind of live their why it in a different light, in a different way, right? Like, so my husband is amazing in front of the uh, in front of the camera. He's got a million one-liners, a lot that I write down. I'm like, yeah, I got to use that. Um, but then he <laughs> comes home and he is so melancholy. He is the quiet in every storm. He likes being dad and uh, doing boy things with the boys. And so I'm like, I can have this. I, I can have this. And it's going well. Um but this is not, I know, a show for relationship advice, but the one tidbit I tell people, you got to let your partner be them. Like you can't go in changing, not I can modify. Everybody talks about flexing and pivoting, but you cannot change your partner. And he lets me be me and I let him be him. And we're two years in and I'm telling you, there's nobody else I'd be want to stand next to. So um, he fell in my DMs. I'm going to keep saying that he jumped in the DMs <laughs> on Twitter. And now here we are. So... <laughs> There we have it. Yeah. There we have it. A, a social media love story. There we go. <laughs> anybody so, want to brand uh, that? Anybody want to brand that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I definitely wanted to bring you on, of course, talk about, uh, of course, you know, all the different things that you've done. Uh, I mean, the foundation, I mean, that keeps following you from place to place and city to city. Yeah. Um, how did that idea kind of come about? Yeah, so the foundation started um, really working at underfunded programs, and we didn't have enough money for two things. We didn't have enough money to give my staff into the season bonuses, and we didn't have enough money, like come postseason play, to have championship shirts, maybe an additional pair of shoes, uh, buy media equipment to do film breakdown. So I was looking for supplemental income, and. Um, I'll sit in the, I like sitting in with the five-year-olds. You know, that's the one thing in camp. People are like, I do not want to do the itty bitties. They speak my language. Kids don't disappoint you. It's adults that disappoint you. So um, it started with that. And then our camps were different, right? Like they were engaging with kids. I mean, I don't know if you remember um, um, at TSU, our kids day, we sold out Gentry. And kids want to be a part of something fun, right? And not just get dropped off and picked up. And so we made a lot of money with it. And I was able to tell my assistant coaches, thank you, and give them end of the season bonuses. And then we were able to start each season in the black. So then from there came the service component where we ended up doing community service events, book bag drives, church events. And again, there was a need. And I just wanted to be the person that people called and was like, hey, we, we got a gap we got to fill. Um, can we help this out? That ministry turned into here come the scholarships, right? So when I left TSU, um, you know, we did the scholarship and I realized like it's just not at HBCUs, it's at PWIs, it's at NAIs, JUCOs. Kids need to fill the gap. Like I got just enough financial aid, I got a few scholarships, but I'm 500 short, 1,000 short, 2,000 short. And I'm like, okay, if we can go out and eat hundreds of dollars worth of food when we go out, if we can go out and kick it, and all this other stuff, but we can't pay for kids 
to walk across the stage. Like that's not right. And so that's what the foundation turned into. And so what happens is when I go and do all these speaking engagements that goes into the foundation and then Kern's closet is the nonprofit side of it where I'm able to give scholarships um, to kids. And so it's been fun, man. Like it's fun. And TEDx just recently last year, um, never in a million years did I think I'd be doing something like that and 41 and pregnant and having to finally say, you know, what? I am very comfortable telling this story as to why I stepped away uh, and why it was worth it. And it all fell into place. Um, and so now we've been blessed enough, um, which is the other tier of things that I said, you're actually getting this, just you, just you are getting this. I do property management. Um, and I've gone into the cities we've been in, um, especially in those areas that are being gentrified and bought properties um, and developed what that city needs, whether it's mental health facility, whether it's a gymnasium. Um, and I've had more of a blast doing that and finding out what our people need. And so when they say, you know, a first lady has to serve, I was already serving. My husband just happened to get the job. Nice, nice, nice. Now, yes, that, that adds, uh, let's see, let's see, let's add another <laughs> thing to the list of things you do. Now, I can tell you what's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be broke. We will never <laughs> go back to being broke. So my husband always says, why don't you sit down somewhere? I said, is the house clean? Do we have kids? Do is we always have food? You have a meal cooked every single night, whether you take it to work or you don't. Kids are fed, kids are doing well. We're all right. We're all right. Right, right. Now, for those that don't know, can you please tell them what school your husband absolutely coaches we are at? We are at Marshall University here in Huntington, West Virginia. All right. For those that aren't aware, he was the top recruiter for Alabama before he became the head coach. Yeah, Marshall. we've had a heck of a journey, heck of a journey. And I got to say this, um, if you can't learn something from your mate, you, you got to reevaluate. You got to reevaluate. I've learned so much from him in the recruiting process. Um, if I ever jump back into it, you hear me say if I ever <laughs> jump back into it, um, let's just say I'll do things a little different. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, of course, uh, we, we've gone over the... Uh, a lot of the multitude of things that you've done in your career and done, you know, from growing up to now. But of course, at the end of every show, I always have a game. Oh God, I have four questions for you. Okay. And I've got two answers. You got to answer one of them. Are you ready? Is pleading the fifth an answer? Oh, well, I did have a lawyer on the last one, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. All right. Now, of course, uh, track or basketball, which one do you love more? Did you love more? This is sad because I went to school on a track and field scholarship, but I'm going to say basketball. Basketball. Okay. Now, of course, staying in basketball, I'm going to ask you to pick between two players, two legendary players. Okay. Cheryl Swoops or Cynthia Cooper Dyke? Ooh, that's so wrong. (laughs) That's so wrong. Coop. Don't be mad at me, but swoops. <laughs> yes, Charles. Uh, I had to, I had to ask. So, yeah. um, let's see. So, which one do you enjoy more? Or did you enjoy more, coaching or playing? I'm gonna say coaching. Yeah, I okay. think coaching. Yeah, it oh. meant more. Got you. 
Now, um, your uh, motivational speaking or the philanthropy? Which one? Oh, philanthropy, hands down. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I've got actually, I've got one more for you. Okay. Since we talked about track, let's see. Jackie Joyner, Kersey, or Flojo? Okay. Here is a <laughs> fact that not many people know. For four years at Penn State University, I had a Jackie Joyner poster hanging right over my bed, even when I got my own apartment. Met her for the first time in St. Louis three years ago. So Jackie Joyner, hands down, that is exactly who I wanted to be like. Okay. All right. Well, you've successfully navigated the five questions and the two answers that, or the answer for all of them, I should say. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. And the floor is yours if you want to talk about anything you have going on, where people can find you on social media, anything at all. The floor is Absolutely. Yours. Um, all my social media handles at Coach uh, JK Huff, um, JK underscore Huff. Um, I would love for people to just come and follow me. You're not going to find anything other than family, faith, and positivity. Um, we do our absolute best to sell the journey, but also selling hope along the way. And when I say we, it is my village. It's me and my village. I couldn't do this alone. Um, anytime you are looking for someone to come and speak to your organizations, um, to pour into young people, corporations, teams, visit me at jessicakernfoundation.com. And if you are looking for a brand, everybody loves a teacher, everybody loves a sweatshirt with a one-liner on there that serves young people and that goes to scholarship kerninclusive.com. I just want to thank you so, so much. I have to, I have to, have to, have to say this. There was a time in my life where little did you know that a smile, a you got it, taking time to even be there, speak to me on horrible losses and even on, you know, moral victories. Um, it meant everything to me, Mike. And so it is not a coincidence. You are where you are. Good things happen to good people. Um, I'm here. My family is here. Um, and the one thing I think we have to do in this life is when people have blessed you and you are blessed, you have to bless others. So anything I can do to make this come full circle for you, brother, thank you so much. I don't think we ever would have thought we'd be sitting right here having this conversation right now. But ladies and gentlemen, if you don't get anything from this conversation, this is what life is about. It comes full circle and surrounding yourself with good people matters. So thank you. I really appreciate it. You're going to make me blush and turn purple over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But uh, thank you again for coming on. Thank you again for dropping words of wisdom and uh, motivational words as well. Because every time I, I hop on social media, you're going to give me a word and be like, okay, cool. Let me think about that. Let me let me digest that. Let me, yeah. hmm, let me think on that one. And it's every single time. And, and that is truly uh, a gift and a blessing that, that God has provided to you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And my info is all the same. My personal info is the same, brother. You got it. Hit me up anytime. Yes, ma'am. You got it. Now, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. You've been tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.